I don't know if we're promoting it or not, but it's happening where we are. <laughs> yeah. We got cold drinks everywhere hanging out here in Salt Lake City. This has been fun, man. This is a cool pub bar. It's like the, uh, I don't know, what would you say? It's like a, the Bavarian style where it's all big and open and you've got the tables out in the middle. Almost like a, what, the Oktoberfest style, you know? It's pretty cool. I, uh, there's three places in Provo that serve alcohol. My wife and I were at two of them last night. <laughs> and I guess I didn't think about what a bar in Provo would be like, one of yeah. the few. But the first one was, like, legit biker bar, essentially. Huh. Pool table, really dark, smoky. Um, no BYU stuff on the walls, which I thought was very fascinating. Well, they had some other teams represented there. It's maybe not the clientele. Probably I don't know. not. I don't know. But, no, it's 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 cool. And Hans uh, was talking to us last hour and saying, man, you know, I wish we had more, t- I wish we had more time together, essentially. <laughs> and hopefully we can play in the future. And maybe Josie likes this enough to where – you schedule it at uh, at some point in the future. It's it's, well, it's cool, man. I think it's a cool, easy trip. You know, the the flight is is not bad. It's easy for fans to make the trip. Um, I we'll see. Like, I'm I'm liking it right now. I may feel different tomorrow if we go out yeah. there and play terribly, and uh, we'll just see. Though I I'm I'm optimistic about what the game is going to be. I think the so far the trip has been awesome. So yeah, I I kind of. Uh, echo that sentiment that I wish this thing was was maybe a more regular deal. Five o'clock on a Friday or four o'clock on a Friday, depending on where you're at. Hell, maybe it's three o'clock on a Friday. Where we're you're six? At. Whatever. We're six, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it is our, more than anything, top of the hour here on Friday. More than anything, I want to see blank. Let us know. 405-651-3439. And more than anything, I want to see this offense be the aggressor like they were last week. All right, BYU's down to its sixth safety. Is that what we heard last hour? Yeah, they're Expose it, man. Expose it. I want to see them be aggressive in the run game. I want to see them take chances down the field, work the middle of the field. No first team, uh, 15 minutes, feeling them out. You know, you got to feel them out. Go attack them. Go be aggressive from the jump. And if they do that, I think that you could be looking at a nice first quarter lead for this team. You so, know what I want to see? Fast. Um. I wonder if Mike Brooks is listening. If Maybe. he is, text in. I want to see Drake Stoops break the single-game receptions record at Oklahoma. And I think there's a chance that he may. You know, he's on a – That's a hell of a prediction. He's on a, a roll right now. And, you know, in the slot, you're either going to be covered by the nickel or a safety. And if they can get him matched up on safeties, and I, I also think that there's a chance that he can lead the Big 12 in receptions, touchdowns, and yardage. You know the last time that was done? I don't know. What was it? Crabtree. Yeah, he, go, he turned out to be pretty good. Got to go all the way back to Crabtree. Like, I, I'm finding 15 receptions. A lot of players have had 15 receptions. Yeah. Um, so that looks like that's probably the number that you're trying to get to. So good luck. I, yeah, I you know, I think that he'll be open more than fifteen I, times. I think that, you know, they're gonna I mean those those statistics mean something to coaches. Um and I think they're you know, he's definitely got the ability. It you know, it's easy to get him quick quick, easy receptions um in the slot. 
it's not like you're work, you have to work the outside and it's it's way harder to double team a guy that's in the slot because he can move and it, you have to have a lot of moving parts on a defense so i don't know i i want to see drake stoops have another huge game 580 more than anything I want to see Drake Stoops break the single-game attempts at the jet sweep and break the single-game receptions record. Well, you can do both of those at once. You just do it with the little touch pass, right, out of shotgun? Sean says Stoops is on a roll. History tells us Levy wants to kill that. (laughs) Stewart says. (laughs) Oh, man, that's the text of the day. That's pretty funny. Yeah, that's pretty good. Stewart says, more than anything, I want to see two 100-yard rushers and two 100-yard receivers, and that, that's on the table tomorrow. Yeah, that is on the table. I, I, think, I think the running game is going to have a really nice day. They are, like we've been saying, safety is an issue for them. Backer is an issue for them. Um, you know, the kid, 31, I don't think he's bad. He's just soft as can be at the point of attack. Like He's good on perimeter stuff. He can run, uh, but I think – our gap scheme stuff that we've really hit that that nice little groove on and saw Chuck's getting going, I think we could have a big day with that stuff. Laney, California, after he texts us in photos. More people snuck into uh, Lavelle Edwards Stadium today. I did not. I swear I was the only OU fan here that didn't. Loser. Wow. Laney, California says, more than anything, I want to see that fourth and goal attitude intensity uh-huh. from the whole team from here on out this season. Yeah. What, has Britt Venables thought of this? When BYU gets the football, just let him roll all the way down the field, inside the 10-yard line, and then start your defensive series. They won't score tomorrow if you do that. Has anyone ever kicked off backwards? Oh, I'm sure I'm sure Jimbo Fisher, Texas <laughs> Jimbo A&M, Fisher has at some point. You, you, you want to go backwards, don't you? Hey, you want to go backwards, huh? Let's start the reverse squib kick and uh, see if we can pin ourselves inside our own five-yard line. This one's simple to the point that I like it. More than anything, no trick plays. Just line up and run over them. Yeah, I think you'll see that. I, I do. I think the running game is is going to be big, it, you know, for multiple reasons. Number one, they've really struggled. Number two, you know, at some point in this football game, it's going to be let's get out of here with no injuries Let's get on the, the bus as quickly as possible. we got a short week. Let's wrap this thing up. Yeah, the coaching staff, more than anything, I don't want the plane to be uh, yeah. broken down at the end of the game and have to bus back. More than something. anything, I want to see a, a running clock in, yeah. the, in the fourth quarter. E-Freaky from Illinois, more than anything, I want to see the refs not conspire against us. That's the least realistic uh, one we've had so far. You and I haven't even – we haven't done – any radio since the yesterday clarification of the rule the the tie break rule what do you think about that it's a a joke man it's it's so big 12 it 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 hurts and it's not even like sour grapes because it could affect ou like i don't know like it there's so many different ways you can go here it's just god how incompetent is this conference like how embarrassing for the league are they like happy with this look are they happy with this news cycle if they did it to get uh, a better chance for oklahoma state to get it was it worth it really because we're all looking at you and saying my god how incompetent you are right. what a joke of a league oh hey but we got the wwe signed up for the big 12 championship game a gimmick for our conference title game how cool i, Jeez, I seriously feel like my elementary pe t- teacher mr vandiver could uh, run a more 
legitimate conference. I, you, before you start thinking about concerts and championship belts and who we're going to add and playing a basketball game in Mexico City and all of these different things, the very core of what you do is on-field competition. You have to make sure that all of that is ironclad. And I, I honestly believe, like I said yesterday, that they copy and pasted like someone else's tiebreaker rules from somewhere else and sure. didn't even look at I'm it. I'm sure. Um, Sean had the text of the day, but this one's pretty good too. This goes back to the uh, Hans Olsen segment last hour. More than anything, I want to see a BYU woman give me the shirt off her back like Hans said they would. <laughs> <laughs> he did say BYU fans will give, the, give, uh, give you the shirt off their We're back. We're going to have to show up and be like, I hate to tell you this, but there's a rumor <laughs> about you guys floating around. <laughs> We're going to see if we if The poncho we pay that off, off your back if it comes down to it because I, I still haven't bought two yet. But I think it looks like we're going to be good. Yeah, I don't think it's – going to be good. Know. Man, my – Hell, BYU probably wants it to rain at this point. Yeah. Any, anything that can even things out. I mean, I don't think it would make a massive difference overall, but they need something to muddy it up a little bit. Yeah, I don't know how that works. Like, if you're at a massive disadvantage, I – are you at less of a disadvantage whenever the field is crap, or are you at even more of a disadvantage? Well, the field is judging crap? by the Kansas game offensively, they, they'd be in a much better spot. Uh, 7-1-3 from the state of Texas. More than anything, just take care of business, carry momentum, and get back healthy, then watch a team in orange get beat. It is a – you think this is an optimistic field today? I've been reading text. We're here yeah. today. It feels, feels pretty good. Um, I don't know if I want to say people will be on fire on Monday, but, dude – the excitement level is going to be pretty dadgum high if you win this Saturday and Oklahoma State or Texas loses. Oh, yeah. It, it'll be in a real. If all you have to do is win next Friday, yeah. People will be back to, to where they were a few weeks ago. Especially, can you get Bedlam after this weekend? Or is that yeah, like no, a double I, yeah, weekend? Yeah, I think you can. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I just, it's... If, if we win and we get through healthy and we're feeling good and we find ourselves with we've got to, we got to win, we've got to beat TCU and we've got a Big 12 championship berth, yeah, this team is going to be on fire. And the fan base is uh, as well. And I, sign me up. I think that's going to be awesome. We kind of need, we need that right now, be- you know. Beating Texas twice in the same year would be incredible. Um, I mean, it'd be fun. Recruiting payoffs, I mean, all of it would be great. But the best possible ending to the season is getting to play Oklahoma State again and, uh, boy, just going pedal to the metal and making it hurt. Yeah. Beating Texas would be awesome. It would be a more impressive win, but don't care. If, if I get to map out the rest of the year, win the next two and beat Oklahoma State in the Big 12 championship game. Yeah. That could erase at least a little bit of the uh, pain from two weeks ago. Let me ask you this. And I think it's a, it's a legitimate question. Who is the best team in the Big 12 right now? I was just thinking this 45 seconds ago when we're talking about it. Yeah. It was just one performance. I understand that. But here's, here, here's how I'm evaluating that question. Is if there was like a round-robin tournament or like who, who, who would just win the Big 12 
tournament championship game right now, man, I I think it's OU because health-wise, I think they may be the best spot in the best spot of any other contender. We know about Jonathan Brooks at Texas. Ollie Gordon is going to play. I don't know if he's 100%. And if he's not 100%, that's pretty detrimental to them. Kansas State just lost another defender for the rest of the year. Mm. I just think OU's in the best spot health-wise, and that goes a pretty long way for me. Yeah, I agree. I guess, you know, Kansas State is... Makes it all the more frustrating. You don't have to just win the next two games. You need help, but yeah, that's my answer. Kansas State is is an interesting one. Um, uh, Texas, I don't. I think Texas has been on a not a massive like they've been stagnant or trended down since they played Alabama. They're going to win ten or eleven games this year, and it's going to be their best regular season since two thousand nine. But if you really go back and look at their schedule this year, there's not a whole lot of performances for them outside that game in Tuscaloosa where you said, whoa, that's the team we thought we might see this year. It's really interesting. Like like Texas, to me, isn't as good now as they were in the second uh, week of the season, which is weird to say. Kansas State, I think, is – I think they've, they've navigated a couple of bumps in the road pretty well. But health-wise, you know, you can maybe look at them and say, well, they're still playing good football, but health-wise, they're missing a couple of good players. Are they really as good as they were at their peak? I don't know the answer to that. The interesting thing to me is that I feel like there may be more of a chance for Oklahoma to be playing the best football of the year at the right time compared to everyone else because now that's today injury stuff could happen and i know we we lost andrew anthony but other than that we're getting healthy at the right time um i don't think that this maybe it makes the point for ou i I don't know but i have got to imagine like texas if they're evaluating their opponent in the big 12 championship game i gotta think and i'm sure they want to avenge the loss and there's something to that but in terms of them winning the game they'd much rather play Oklahoma State or Kansas State, or probably even Iowa State. Yeah. I don't think Texas wants to play Oklahoma. They see, you know, the way that things are trending now. I, I Surely Oklahoma State doesn't want to play them. I don't know what Kansas State feel, but I, I don't feel like OU would be the first option for a whole lot of teams that are in contention right now to be the opponent. Let me, ask you, let me ask you this. Is Texas's only shot at a college football playoff is it to play Oklahoma again and avenge their one loss? It's already been planted. Like, well, I know Alabama lost the game, but they're a better team right now. Alabama gets in over Texas, which on one hand is funny if it were to come to that, that Texas doesn't get in. On two, it's why do we even play these non-conference games then? If we're going to make up excuses for what happened early in the year in a head-to-head matchup, why the hell do we even play these games if they don't even matter in the end? But to answer your question, yeah, I think that that's probably the case. So they may be rooting for Oklahoma, yeah. you know. Um, but I, I don't know. That is interesting. You know, there there has to be a balance between getting the four best teams and there's a couple of cases where – it's not necessarily just the four best teams. You have like you have to earn your way too, and that would be one of them, right? It was to me is if you if you 
if you beat them, even though it was earlier in the season, like it has to stand for something. And if it means getting into the playoff, then then so be it. But I don't know. It's wild. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Final hour rolls on. We'll be back. Final hour of the rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, live at Poplar Street Pub here in Salt Lake City. Been a lot of fun, man. A lot of OU fans here. Been a good time. Going to be a lot of OU fans in Provo tomorrow as well. Keep the text coming, 405-651-3439, especially because we had to move it an hour. It is our Under the Radar segment brought to you by Boyd Street Ventures. Boyd Street Ventures is a venture capital firm that provides funding and guidance for promising under-the-radar shooter startups. Learn how you can help support OU innovation at boystreetventures.com. Man, I got called out last week. I Uh-oh. got called out last week during this segment. I said, Jaden Gibson, under-the-radar player, and a texter said something to the effect of, you keep picking these wide receivers every single week for under-the-radar, and it never happens. They never throw in the ball. What are you doing? Why do you keep on? Jaden Gibson did have a touchdown catch last week, so I don't know if I'm out of the, uh, the doghouse just yet. That counts. Um, but under-the-radar player, I think you can go a lot of different ways because I think a lot of guys are probably going to see some playing time. How about Kobe McKenzie, though, huh. under-the-radar player? Getting some snaps tomorrow and, you know, maybe forcing a turnover. How about it? Hit a big fourth down. Did he have a PBU on a fourth down last week in the first half? I think he yeah. did. Yeah. Yes, he did. That's right. Um, is that just like a... Yes, it is. Yes. A wild-ass guess? That's what this entire segment is. Well, it shouldn't be. You should you should look at the matchup, see what you think we are going to do offensively or defensively, then okay. make your judgment let, based off of, of that. Let me evaluate the matchup here. I see BYU, yeah. vanilla-ass offense, uh-huh. not a whole lot of big threats down the field can't really run sure. the ball he'll protect the passer well mm-hmm. not great at quarterback but other than that great um i see the ou defense dominant yeah i'll, I'll go with kobe mckenzie here just evaluated the well matchup. if you think they can't protect the passer well why aren't you taking a an edge guy well i could take it there's multiple players i could take on the defense for under the radar that's play true tomorrow. that's true well um if i was to select and under the radar player, who would I take defensively? I think I will take. Well, it's sometimes I'm not sure who qualifies as under the radar or not. Like if I was to say Kip Lewis, is that an under the radar guy? No, he started last week. Oh, so they have to be a non-starter. Well, I, okay. Well, maybe that was a bad example if he's a starter, but he led the team in tackles two weeks ago. And it's all everyone so, wants to talk about on defense. No, so he's it has not to be it has to be a guy that hasn't led or had a good game up to this point. God, Is that what you're telling me I'll, now? I'll come up with the parameters next week. Just in time for the <laughs> final game of the season. How about uh, that? I'll give you one. Robert Spears Jennings. Uh, okay, under the radar, RSJ. I like that. Because apparently he hadn't played a good good enough game this this year uh, yet for you for him to be hey. not under the radar. I got scolded on the postgame show last week. Well, not really. It was more of PJ's not any good, R. Mason Thomas is not any good. Look at the sack numbers. Talking about those two players haven't been any good this year. Yeah. Well, I know that that is a common common talking point. And I'm not going to point any fingers, and I'm not going to talk down to anyone, but – this is just like a, a general 
statement to anyone listening. Here we go. If the only way you account for quarterback pressure or affecting the way the quarterback plays is by scanning the box score and looking for sack totals, that is not a good idea. Not a good idea. You know, we've played people pretty much the entire year that have made it a point to go three-step, quick game, get the ball out of the quarterback's hand, or max protect, seven full seven-man protection against us, or it's a boot or sprint. You do those things to avoid a pass rush and to try and keep your quarterback clean because if you just go straight five-man protection, you're going to get eaten alive so you have to keep guys in and you have to try and keep your quarterback upright that's why our sack numbers are not all that high now does that mean that we don't need to get better and there's some opportunities where our guys can win one-on-ones and we haven't no i i think that that is legitimate there's there's times where we need to we need to affect the quarterback more we need to win some one-on-one battles but it doesn't mean that we're bad because the sack totals are down. Uh, Shark says, I'm Brett Yormark now. Change the rules at the end of the season. <laughs> well, if I'm Brett Yormark, I would tell you, no, the rules never change. We just clarified the rules here, what was going on. Right. Never changed it at all. Yeah. Yeah, they changed it. Less than Hayes, Kansas says, under the radar, Javante Barnes. Comes in and 50 yards rushing. That would be very under the radar. Uh, I don't know if that qualifies. I think he's been a leading rusher for this football team <laughs> at some point this season. Ardmore Sooner, under the radar prediction. G Freaky finally finds the end zone. Oh. Is his last touchdown the punt return against U- uh, uh, UTEP? Punt return against Arkansas State? Yes. Wow. Is that right? First time he touched the ball this year, and he hasn't had a touchdown otherwise. Or did he? Did he take a like a jet sweep from like inside the five for a touchdown? I can't remember. I may be right. Well, there. you're half right about that. Did he take a jet sweep? And the answer to that is yes, more right. than once. Yeah, I, I he qualifies though, and it would be good to see him get in the end zone. A lot of PJ for under the radar. Some Peyton Bowen is going to kick ass tomorrow from Joel in Chandler, yeah. Arizona. Christian Chicago says PJ. People want to know if Gentry Williams is going to play tomorrow. Where are we at with Bowen and uh, Gentry Williams? I don't know. I, I just a gut. I have I haven't talked to anyone. I don't know anything. But my guess is Gentry probably doesn't go. I would you know I'd be. I wouldn't be surprised if he went, but, you know, he's battling through something pretty difficult. So an extra an extra week for him would be big. Yeah. Um, Tyler Woodward for under-the-radar fan tomorrow. I think he's going to oh, really yeah. show out. Oh, yeah. Um, and who is it, Peyton Bowen? Yeah. I don't know. Peyton Bowen, I, supposedly he's continued to get more and more healthy, but we haven't seen him more and more on the field. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, that's your Under the Radar segment brought to you by Boy Street Ventures. Boy Street Ventures is a venture capital firm that provides funding and guidance for promising Under the Radar Sooner startups. Learn how you can help support OU innovation at BoyStreetVentures.com. National games, real quick. Georgia, Tennessee. Georgia's really starting to figure it out. Tennessee's been a lot better at home than they've been on the road. The dog's going to roll. Beat them. Multiple scores. Yep. Yeah. I'm sorry. I You know, I just... 
Georgia is excellent on both sides of the ball. Tennessee is good, but I don't think they're to that level. And it feels like anytime Georgia has been challenged, they have just come out and absolutely rolled. And I think that's what we're going to see. Two head coaches that probably won't be at their job next year, Chip Kelly at UCLA, Muleshoe at USC. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I, you know, I think UCLA gets the win. Woo! 7-5 USC. And yeah. God, if Cal could have just converted a two-point conversion, yeah. it'd be 6-6 six six USC. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting to me. I, I think that USC is just, I guess they're not just a, a one-trick pony. I, I think that uh the Zachariah branch kid is legit He's really good yeah he is really really good they got some other good players on offense but they go as caleb williams goes and i it just it feels like the magic is kind of left out there and it's, it's kind of funny though because I, I i think oregon's really good i think most people do and it was this feeling of oh they only lost by nine at eugene I wonder if they're happy about that. That was a bad little performance by USC. I didn't get to watch much of that game. But a quick scan of the box score. Tells another story. It tells another story. I think Oregon scored a touchdown on every single possession that they had, except for the one before halftime. Wow. Just They're all like 10-minute drives, just right down the field, methodical, easy, Make it last a long time, and they uh, they punched them all in. You going with Oregon State tomorrow in Corvallis? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's a pretty popular pick. I think Oregon State wins yeah. the football game. Washington's just been hanging on. I think they're better overall, but the line I keep using is I've seen far better teams than Washington You know, lose a game or multiple games. It's hard to run the table. Uh, North Carolina at Clemson is a somewhat interesting game with not a hole on the line. but You know – if that game, four. if that game wasn't at Clemson, I would take North Carolina. But, but it's not. So it, you're taking Clemson. I'm taking Clemson. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the action we're watching tomorrow, like you'll you'll watch Oregon State and Washington. You'll definitely watch UCLA and USC. But for OU fans, tomorrow is pretty simple. Watch your game, duh, and then you're watching uh, three other games in the Big Twelve. Really, yeah. mostly two. Well, okay, so ISU in Texas is a night kick. 7 p.m. What's uh, Oklahoma State? 3 p.m. Central. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, so it's actually staggered. The day tomorrow is perfect. Perfect, yeah. 11 a.m., right into that OSU-Houston game, right into the Texas-Iowa State what's your? What's your – are you flying back Sunday? Flying back Sunday, yeah. Nice. Watching the games at a local uh, I'm watching the pub. game somewhere. Well, we're doing the postgame show at Wingers tomorrow, so uh, – Probably there. There's only three places in Provo that serve alcohol. What's the deal with I'm gonna wingers? Need, I'm going to need it? some. Uh, someone told me. Well, I don't know if I want to say what someone told me. Just go there after the game, okay? Just, okay. It, it serves alcohol there, right? It sounds like wingers. I the need. Place to be. I'm going to need some to watch uh, Texas. Texas or Oklahoma State. One of the two's losing tomorrow, and I yeah. think they're both going to be close games late. But someone's going to lose, and I'm starting to think it's Texas that's going to lose tomorrow. Were you? Te- were you? Thinking about telling us that Wingers is one of those places where BYU fans will give you the shirt off their back? I was thinking about saying it, but <laughs> I just wanted, I didn't want to ruin the surprise for anyone. Uh, all right, let's hit a quick break. More from the rush coming up, hanging out in Salt Lake City, Utah today. We'll be back. 
Final hour on a Friday, taking you into another college football weekend. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, OUBYU, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain time tomorrow. We'll be at Wingers after the game if you're uh, here locally. going to be a lot of fun. OEC Fiber Football Friday, and the weather is um, it's looking good, man. Perfect. And the weather here has been just fantastic for the past two days. I actually think not only is the weather not going to be an issue, if you're going to the game tomorrow, I think you're going to be sitting in there saying, you know, I, maybe early, early in the game it's a little chilly, but as the game goes on, it's probably going to feel exactly what you want it to feel like for a November football game. Yeah, I think I saw, whenever I looked it up, I think it was going to be maybe in the high 40s early and then warm up to to the 50s, you know, maybe towards the, uh, the middle of the game. Yeah, it's going to be, this says... 50, well, I guess 47 at kick. I was looking at 11 o'clock. I forgot we're, we're moved up. 47 at kick, but it's going to quickly warm up into the mid-50s throughout the football game. So, yeah, I think it's going to be nice. I think it's going to be perfect. Doesn't seem like this is a very windy place. So, light wind. Uh, I'm curious to see how the field holds up, though. Uh, as a player, absolutely hated fields that are uh, this style. It just feels incredibly slow, but, you know, it is it is what it is. I, you know, I, I don't know that it's going to affect us all that much as long as the footing is, is okay. Brent didn't act like the altitude is that big of a deal. And OU's played in Boulder before. I think I asked Bob that before the year because Florida played out here to start the season in Salt Lake. Yeah. And I remember Billy Napier was, like, taking all these precautions to play in the the altitude and all that. So I asked Bob, like, well, with the BYU game coming up this year, did you guys do any of that when you played in Boulder? He's like, heck no. Yeah. Well, I don't know that there's anything you can do. It's almost like if you just don't make it a thing, if you don't bring attention to it, maybe that's the best way to go about it for a team. Right. I I, I don't know what you can do. I mean, if you can't come up here a week early and train in the altitude, which you can't, um, what are you going to do? There's not a whole lot you can. I, I would say that, in my opinion, we will probably be um, tempo early and not tempo late. And I mean that tempo early in drives and then slow down and tempo early in the game and then slow down as the game wears on. Um, if we are in a position where we can build up a multiple score lead, I think you'll see a pretty slow-paced offense. So I asked this to Parker at the top of uh, Locked In today, and I'm just thinking about all the things that we've talked about this week. Big 12 tiebreaker scenario, how pissed we are about that. Is Dylan Gabriel going to go pro or not? We've really talked about everything but the actual football game, the kickoff time. What is is the main storyline in this game tomorrow? Well, I think it's – to put it simply, it's just like a take-care-of-business game. You know, you've got a hefty advantage on both sides of the ball, personnel-wise, um, health-wise, all of the above. Um, it, it doesn't mean that the preparation has been any different for the football team, but as a spectator on the on the outside looking in, uh, the storyline is this is just one where you need to go out and take care of business, do your thing. No need to get flashy in any real uh, areas of the football game. And do your thing. And hopefully you can play really well early and 
like not just trying to run out of town, but get to the bus quickly, effectively, healthy, and start preparing for your short week against TCU. Because I'll tell you right now, TCU is a dangerous football team. Like, there's some The record doesn't show it. The record doesn't show it, but they're totally different than than like BYU, who's the record's similar, I think, overall, right? Uh, TCU's four and six, BYU five and five. Maybe their conference schedule or their uh, conference records the same, right? But TCU is far more dangerous, in my opinion. They're more dangerous at quarterback, throwing the football. Uh, They've got some defensive players that are really good. So I think that they're a team that if you if you don't handle your your business the way you should. They can they can hit on some things and, and be scary late. Now, should you beat TCU? Absolutely. But just the style of their play leads me to think that they are a more dangerous team to Oklahoma than BYU is. So I don't think this is the main storyline, but I think it's a storyline and how we look back at this year. Well, if Texas or Oklahoma State loses one of the next two weeks, that's going to change. You know, that's going to impact yeah. how we feel about this season whether you make the Big 12 championship or not. But I do think these final three games down the stretch is going to make us feel one way or the other about the season and how the team was trending towards the tail end of the year. Like, you looked really good against West Virginia. If you can dominate in the next two games like you did, you'll feel like, okay, we started playing our best ball at the end of the season. And that clearly makes you feel a lot better going into the season with what's coming up. Like, would you take a one-point win tomorrow? I, I, I don't know. I, I guess you never turn down a road win. But there is a huge difference in how we'll feel after the season and how about this team in a three-point win versus a 28-point win tomorrow. There's no doubt about that. I, you know, I think that if you handle your business like you should the final two games of the season and you end up a 10-2 football team, uh, whether you go to the Big 12 championship or not, uh, obviously, you would prefer to go, but I feel like there's a chance you can walk away. Like it, it didn't feel like before the season started that you could feel good about this season without at least, at minimum, uh, a Big 12 championship appearance, right? And I know you're going to be frustrated if you don't make it, but if you're a 10-2 football team and you didn't make the Big 12 championship, I – I still feel like you have to feel pretty good about things, right? Or am I am I missing that? Um, no, optimistic for sure. Um, again, if yeah, if you go out and dominate down the stretch here and look good in your bowl, I think the bowl game would have a lot to do with that. Yeah, eleven and two, uh, sure. a good a good bowl win over someone. Yeah, and I if think absolutely. If you're ten and two, what what are the bowl game? Ten and two, you're looking at a New Year six birth, or you're looking at an Alamo Bowl. Yeah, most likely. Yeah, and I, I think that in the Alamo Bowl, you play like a good Utah team, or I don't think Washington or Oregon. They're probably like a good Utah team. If Texas wins the Big Twelve championship and we don't get in, and we're ten and two, whoever they they beat, I think we will get the the best nod over them, right? Yeah, and. Now, if you make it to the Big 12 championship, I I think you're probably a shoe-in. But I don't know. You may be a shoe-in for New Year's Six anyways, right? Getting that top 12, yeah. 14 right now. Yeah. And there's some teams that, you know, some matchups that are going to start to eliminate God, you may play a good Oregon people. State team in the Alamo Bowl if that's where you end up. 
How about that matchup? I'd like that. That'd be good. That's a good football team. But it's it's one of those where the name on the jersey is not going to be representative of how good of a football team they are, you know? Correct. All right, quick time out. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap things up next. Stay tuned. Final segment of the day, wrapping it up on this Friday, Poplar Street Pub here in Salt Lake. They've been uh, awesome hosts here for all the OU fans. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, one final time before uh, we get to pregame tomorrow morning. What time do you see? So you'll go on at what time? 6 a.m.? You want it from 6 to 7? Correct. <laughs> 6 a.m. Well, um, what time are you leaving Salt Lake tomorrow? The bus leaves the hotel at 5 a.m. Wow. How about that? But it's. How about that? It's a 6 a.m. I mean, it's to me, it's 11 a.m. kick. Ignore the numbers on my phone, the clock. It's a 7 a.m. kick. Uh, normal wake-up time. Normal, normal departure time. Hell, I may have time to get a workout in the hotel gym. Yeah, well, you'll, you guys will get home. Um, what if the sun will still be up by the time well, you get home I tomorrow? I don't think so. Uh, I guess it will be closer to like 6.30 probably when you The get schedule has us landing in Oklahoma City at 6.45, arriving in Norman at 7.15. Now, Unless there's the longest first quarter ever like we've witnessed a few times this year. That's usually what happens. Now, those are always best-case scenarios, but I, I imagine we – we get back in a, at a pretty decent time if everything goes as planned. Like I said, we're flying out of Provo, which, you know, is going to be quite a bit quicker, but no. BYU will have the best blank OU has seen this year. We do this every single week. BYU will have the best mountains yeah. OU has seen. Yes. The best cougar tails OU has seen. Yeah. The tallest grass OU has seen this year. The way that it looks. They'll have the best, worst playing surface. That ah. we've, no, I don't I, I don't think it's going to be all that bad. At least that's my hope. Um, definitely the, the best view. Let's see, position-wise, is there anyone that just absolutely stands out? It's not quarterback, running back, We're offensive line. Women is on the text line. Ice cream is on the text line. Best dancing mascot is on the text line. All the thing that matters. Oh, yeah, this is, the, this is the dude that does like jump rope with fire and everything right cosmo i think is his name okay. but yeah he did jump rope with fire during the cincinnati game earlier nice. this year it's kind of it's kind of it's pretty wild we'll see if he's ready to go at uh 10 a.m kegs and eggs lane lane california i don't think that the, they might have the eggs part i don't know about the kegs part bring your own kegs there. byok so we're um is the stadium the reason why we're, we've been always so excited yeah yeah well, I, I think it's an interesting matchup. BYU has traditionally been a pretty good program. I know they're down this year. Um, I mean, how long did we talk in the offseason and we got text message after text message that this is going to be the most difficult game well, of the year? Well, a lot. But a Things big reason change. why people said that is, well, there's going to be a blizzard in uh, mid-November out there in Provo. Well, I don't spot any blizzards here coming. So I think the – the weather, what could have been, was a big reason why people yeah. thought this was going to be a tough game. And, well, the this is going to be as nice of – it's going to be a hell of a lot better than it was in Lawrence, Kansas a few weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, it should be really nice. And, uh, you know, I don't think – they don't have the best – do they have the best corner that we've seen? Uh, I think T.J. Tampa at uh, Iowa State's pretty good. He's pretty good. He got his ass roasted against us a bunch of times, though. Um 
Yeah, I don't think they have any of the best individual players necessarily that we've seen this year. Boy, we're really setting up for a bunch of upset fans tomorrow during the postgame show if this doesn't go well. Well, it's about us. We, if we it go totally out is. there and turn the ball over a bunch of times, then definitely we could we could find ourselves in a in a difficult game. There's no doubt about that. But if we handle business, you know, we should be able to we should be able to block those guys. We should be able to, um, you know, put together a really good game plan defensively, and you know, try and put it on Slovis's arm in the pocket. And, you know, I, I don't I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't be as confident as I am, but. That's where we sit, you know, and that's just kind of how it goes. It'll be a fun day. It'll yep. be a good day. All right, that's it for us. You guys were awesome, and a shout-out to everyone that made the trip here. It was a lot of fun. We'll see you guys bright and early, 7 a.m. your time, 6 a.m. our time with the pregame show. We're out of here.